0: Church, come on, let's all just stand and get ready to worship this morning. Come on, how good is it to be in the house of the Lord and just get to give him all the glory and all the praise and all the honor, amen? Come on, let's prepare our hearts to worship. Remember those
1: walls that we call sin and shame. They were like prisons that we couldn't escape, but he came and he died. I've now. Remember those giants we call death in gray? They were like mountains that stood in our way. But he came, and he died, and he rose. Those giants are dead now. took our breath away face so weak that we
0: This is what he does, he saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave, let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. This is our God, this is who he is, he loves us. This is our God, this is what he does. De Wait this morning We thank you Jesus. We thank you for your death on the cross. The new life you've given us. We're here because of you Jesus. We love you Lord and we thank you this morning.
2: down so I wouldn't forget it and in case God wanted to use it but I feel it here today says you're looking for a miracle but I say to you I am your miracle I am asking for I am looking for you to come to me boldly not by small steps not by small steps to get to the next step until you finally reach your miracle but I say come come boldly to my throne of grace to mercy to love to healing but you need to be willing to come boldly oh god bring us boldly to your throne lord you are our miracle bring us boldly to our miracle lord god father not small steps we will rejoice in you we will praise you we will look to you Father, we will come boldly, Lord God. Father, not inch by inch, not even foot by foot, but Lord, we will do the long jump to get to you, Lord Jesus. Father, we will not hold back. We will not hold back. We will come. We will come to the foot of your cross. Lord, if we need to repent, we're gonna repent. If we just need to trust, we're gonna trust. But God, we're gonna come. We're gonna come to you, our miracle. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop
0: 그 <목소리>
3: Thank you God that you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you that nothing surprises you. No doctor's report, no checkbook balance, no no sickness, no disease, no, no war or rumors of war. Nothing surprises you. We just thank you that we can lean back upon you. Trust in that love that you revealed yourself with. and we lean into that love as we continue to go forward. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Welcome to Redeeming Love. My name is Lori, you may be seated. Here at Redeeming Love, we engage God like we just did, and we can do this every day at home. Engage church and engage culture every day wherever we go. I encourage you to take out your Engage card that you should have received at the door, and you can take a minute and start filling that out now. And I'd like to welcome our first-time guest. If you are here for this first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. And we have a little gift for you that you can grab in our Connect corner to my right after the service. Today is Communion Sunday. For those of you watching online, you can take a minute right now and go grab a cracker or bread, some juice. To join us with that later so we all know if it's communion sunday what's wednesday Holy yay and that is 6:30 here and another reminder is tuesday is election day so please make sure you do take the time to get out and vote our votes do matter and we continue to pray that we can make an impact yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we don't want to miss next Sunday. We're going to be starting a new first-time-ever inspire session where we're going to have three different speakers who will be sharing inspiration, inspirational messages. Yeah. So right now, we'd like you to look for the kids who are near you. Touch them, reach out your hand. We're going to pray and dismiss our children. Lord, we thank you for the honor and privilege we have to be parents and caretakers of children. And Lord, we just ask your special blessing upon the kids today. We ask Holy Spirit that you'll be welcome in those classrooms. We thank you that there's no Holy Spirit junior, that whatever's going on out here can go on in there and even more so. And we pray, God, your blessing upon the teachers. We pray for the fire of God to come upon our children, that whatever they're going to face this week, they're going to not be be, be hindered by it, but they're going to know even in their little small ages what their responses need to be. And we bless them as spirit beings to go forward in the, your power and your might, in Jesus' name. And Pastor Matt will be up after these video announcements to share our new sermon series, Redeeming Love. We're still in Redeeming Love? Yes, in Redeeming Love. Sorry.
4: Glory, glory, glory to God. Come on, yeah, come, on, come, on. come on, come on, amen, amen. Wow, 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 wow. God is good, amen? amen. Wow. And all the time? God is good. There you go. We all have this um, internal transmission that we use to uh, process from change to change from one one, um, section of of life and from one section of even the service to another. And I just want to invite you today to take that transmission and just um, throw it away. Because uh, God's doing a new thing and things are going to flow differently. And um, we're going to have an awesome time today. So just don't worry if things don't go the way that you thought that they should go. right? We need to be unconcerned unconcerned if things don't go the way that we thought that they should go because sometimes when things don't go the way that we thought that they should go that's the way that God just wanted them to go and it comes back to what we talked about last week about the fact that we only know in part and so if we only know in part then we are not seeing the whole picture and so we can we can embrace this joyfully and with wisdom, because we can say, "I don't know the whole picture. I don't know the whole story. I don't know how this really is going to all work out, or, or even how it should work out." But God knows. I want to begin today just by reading Psalm sixty-three. I'm in the wrong. I'm good okay. It wasn't in my. Uh, it's not in. It's not in the PowerPoint because I hadn't fully planned on doing that. Um. Psalm 63, oh God, you are my God. Come on, this is how we're supposed to read the word. Take it and just read it and then stop and digest each part. God, you are my God. God, you're my God. God, I make you God of my life today. Early will I seek you. God, I'm going to seek you early. God, let it be the first thing that I do. God, before my feet hit the floor as I'm getting out of bed, I want to seek you, God. I want to seek you that early, God. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and weary land, in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, my soul longs for you. Guys, there's a a certain amount of hunger that we have to have. There's a certain amount of passion that we have to pursue the Lord with. We live in a kingdom where only the hungry eat and only the thirsty drink. There is a banqueting table that the Lord has where you can eat all that you want. It's a buffet. It's a veritable buffet. It's the best buffet you've ever seen. They don't have filet mignon lobster tail. They've got peace, joy, kindness, patience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, every kind of thing that you might want. It's at this banqueting table. And we, can, we have the right. We can come and we can eat as often as we want to, as often as we need to. But we have to want to come and eat. We have to want to do it. There has to be a passion in our hearts. We have to want this. He has taken the riches of heaven. Just think of... We, uh, I'm trying, guy. Give me a second. He has taken the riches of heaven... And he has laid them right here for everyone to grasp. And yet, not everyone will partake. This is the wisdom of God. He's taken the very mysteries of heaven and he's laid them out for us. And yet, the wisest among us will still not understand. Wisest according to the world standard will still not understand they will never understand because the fear of god is the beginning of wisdom and if we begin to approach and look for the wisdom that jesus poured out without the fear of god we will never ever receive it if we look for it without the hunger that comes only from god we will never be able to receive it verse two <laughs> So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. I want to see the power and the glory. I constantly look for God. I'm constantly on the lookout for God. God, what are you doing right now? 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 Because I know that if I'm in step with him, it's easy and it's fun. (laughs) So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Verse 3, because here's the reason why I want to see your power. Here's the reason why I want to see your glory. Here's the reason why I have have looked for you in the sanctuary. Verse 3, because your loving kindness... Is better than life. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Your loving kindness, God's love for us, is better than life. It's better than life. It's better than life. Your loving kindness is better than life. The love of God is better than life. I, I love my life. I love life. I love life, life loves me. <laughs> I know, I know, you guys love it. Well, okay, thanks. <laughs> But God's love is better than that. God's love is even better than that. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your holy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. You know, we're a three-part being... We're a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body, and the problem that we have is that we we think we need to, we're we're trying to stuff something else into our soul to try and fill our soul up, when in reality, the only thing that will ever satisfy our soul is him, is him. Somebody coined the phrase, God put a, a, there's a God-shaped hole in the middle of your heart. There's a God-shaped hole in the middle of your soul. And it can only be filled by God. And we can shove every other thing that the world has to offer into that hole, and it will not satisfy. We'll still walk away empty. But God, Mm. he comes, he fills that hole. He fills it. He satisfies us. If you've never been satisfied with the love of God, then I'm I'm telling you today that you do not even know what it means to be satisfied. Uh, I'll say that again because it was really better than the way that you responded. (laughs) If you've never been satisfied with the love of God, then you don't know what it means to really be satisfied. When the love of God comes and floods your heart, it just doesn't. Nothing, nothing matters. Nothing else matters. You could set the world on fire. Listen, God loves me. (laughs) You can call me every name in the book. God loves me. You could whatever. God loves me. How is it that these twelve men, eleven, Judas was was removed? How is it that these eleven men? lived for 40 years enduring persecution and and everything that the world would throw at them hatred and every other thing and that they would give their very lives and refuse to deny jesus because the love of god transformed them the love of god came and filled that hole in their heart and they were so satisfied with the love of god that they would never want to do anything to chase that away when the love of God comes and it impacts your heart, you're empowered by God to be able to endure whatever. Sin becomes the last thing that you want to do because why would I ever want to do anything that would chase me away from God or chase God away from me, however you want to think about it. That's a 2 way street. It's us being chased away from Him. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. Now, we don't eat the marrow and the fatness too much anymore because we're healthy, right? (laughs) But marrow and fatness, guys, that's the, that's like, man, oh, I just had the best meal of my life kind of satisfying. Like, I can die now. I sprained both my eyeballs of food. Food was so good. more satisfying than that. My mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. I want to jump into my message. I'm hoping to finish a little early today because what I want to do is I want to be able, I want to take some time today and I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray and I want to pray to impart the love of God today because as much as we can talk about it, as much as we can learn it what we really need is we need an impartation as much as we need it here in our minds the, our mind is simply the riverbanks that form so that the love of God can come flooding through it and what we really need is this impartation and so I want to pray for you today for that impartation before I jump into my message I want to ask you today what do you need from God What do we need from God? Because we all come with our lists, don't we? We all come with needs. Every single one of us, we're all needy. I am poor and needy. Uh, Listen, there's no secret. I am poor and needy. Poor is a condition that I position myself. I am humble and contrite in spirit. I'm poor. I have a revelation of who I am. I am poor. Compared to whom I need to be, I am poor. I may have all the money in the world. I don't. I may have all the money in the world, but I still position myself in this place where I am humble and contrite in spirit. I'm poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall. And every single thing we need is found in Him. It doesn't matter what you need this morning. If you need healing I want to encourage you don't seek the healing seek the one who heals. If you need deliverance this morning don't seek deliverance seek the deliverer. If you need provision this morning don't seek provision seek the provider. If you need peace this morning don't seek peace seek the one who is peace. Seek the one who is love. Seek the one who is joy this is who he is this is who he is and as we come to him and as we just abide with him as we live with him we become like him it we just begin to do what he does think about that scripture from John chapter 15 I am the branches you are the vine he who abides in me and I in him. Think about it for just a second. Here's the vine. Here's the branch that comes off the vine, right? If we were to look under a microscope at the vascular tissue, there's no, there's no seam, If you were to go down to your basement and you look at the plumbing in your house, there's a seam. There's a main line, and then there's a little fitting. Sometimes it's a T or whatever, and then there's something else threaded into it so that the water can go all these different ways. That's not the way it works within plants. It's similar, but it's not the same. That T has a much different look, and it's a much different function. And the vascular tissue, you can't really tell where does. Where does the one pipe end and where does the other pipe begin? If we're talking about pipes, that's easy to tell. This is why Jesus didn't use a plumbing analogy. He used a horticultural analogy. Within the plant, you can't tell where the, where the vine ends and where the branch begins. You can't tell. Why? Because they're exactly the same. And when we abide in him, we just become like him. And then his power flows through us. All right, here we go. <laughs> the love of God. We've been talking about redeeming love. And what I want to highlight today is that it's, it's God. God is love. It's God's love. And he gives it to us. And when he gives it to us, we can do whatever we want with it. We can love him back. We can love one another. And the only reason that we have the ability to love at all is because he's first loved us. Our ability to love him our ability to love one another, our ability to love our enemies, it all comes from the fact that God loved us first. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ loved us. Christ died for us. There is at no point, any point, where we ever deserve this kind of love. There is at no point, any point, where we ever earn this kind of love, where we deserve this kind of love. We, We all don't. This is the humility portion of it. We don't deserve it. We could never earn it. But God gives it to us freely, and all we have to do is accept it. There's nothing that you could ever do to earn God's love. There's nothing that you could ever do to cause God to love you any less. There's nothing that you could do to ever cause God to love you any more than he already does. He loves you with unconditional, endless, seamless, eternal love. This is God. This is how he loves. And it's not not because of who you are. It's because of who he is. And so... As we say that, you just understand that you you have to release yourself from any kind of earning. You you have to release yourself from any kind of a performance. It's, It's not about performing. You can't perform to get the love of God. You can't do anything to get it. You just, thank you, Lord. You just receive, just receive, just receive. It's hard for us because we've been conditioned throughout our lives that we have to earn certain things not with God, especially not with His love. As the Father has loved me, oh yeah, I put this in here. Well, we, we jumped down in verse nine rather than verse one. As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love, remain in my love. I have, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. And that your joy may remain full, you are already in my love, uh, remain in my love, and the way to remain in my love is by keeping the commandments and so what happens is if we if we don 't keep the commandments, if we happen to sin, what happens is we we separate ourselves from god it 's not i have this I have this absolute assurance that God will never leave me nor forsake me when I sin. It's not so much that God leaves me, he doesn't. He would never. I can't I can't do anything to get away from his love, but what it does is it blinds me. My sin blinds me to how much God loves me. My sin blinds me to the fact that the presence of God is right here and right now. When Jesus hung on the cross and he said, "Father, Father, why have you forsaken me?" God never went anywhere. He was right there the whole time. But it was the sin of the world. It was your sin and my sin that caused Jesus in that moment to not be able to sense the Father's presence which he had known for his entire existence. Eternal dateless past. We remain in the love of God. We remain in the place where we can continue to receive the love of God by keeping his commandments. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And so God's commandment to us is that we love one another the same way that he loved us. Jesus loved unconditionally, wholeheartedly, sacrificially, giving his life for those around him. Thinking thinking not of his own. He went to the cross. It wasn't something he wanted to do other than the fact that he, he knew that it was what he had to do. He despised this shame. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. It's the love of God that invites us into friendship. It's the love of God that invites us into friendship. When Jesus first began walking with his disciples, it says in, earlier in the Gospel of John, he entrusted himself to no man. But here we read about 11 chapters later, and he says, you are my friends. You are my friends. I don't call you servants. I call you friends, because everything that the Father has told me, I have told to you. And so love, receiving God's love and loving him back and loving one another, it positions us for revelation. It positions us to to, to the revelation of the Father's heart. It It positions us to hear things that we don't have any right to hear. I don't have any right to the understanding and the wisdom that God's given me other than the fact that Jesus loves me and I love him back and I've learned to steward his love well. Let us be stewards of God's great love. We need to learn to steward the love of God well. You know there's all these different things in our life, finances, time, family. What about the love of God? We need to be good stewards, if you could steward one thing well, steward the love of God well, receive it well, give it out to others well, learn to do that well. You did not choose me but I chose you and pointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask in my, main, in my name he may give you. These are the things I command you that you love one another. Remaining in God's love and stewarding the love of God well causes us to bear fruit. It causes us to bear fruit. If we're in the love of God, if we steward the love of God, if we just focus and, and get the love of God working on the inside of us, it will bear fruit. It can't not. It can't not. <laughs> and whatever you ask in the Father in my name, he'll give you. Whatever you ask of God, he wants to give you. Answered prayers are a result of stewarding the love of God well. 1 John 4:17 Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Love has been perfected among us in this for this reason love has been perfected among us god gave us his great love god shared his great love god empowered us impacted us overwhelmed us with his great love for this reason that on the day of judgment you can have boldness are you afraid to go to heaven you need more of the love of God. Are you afraid of Judgment Day? Right. It says in Second uh, Corinthians chapter five, talking about Judgment Day. It says, you know, each one will be brought before the Lord, and the hidden things of darkness will be revealed. <gasps> Everyone's gonna know. The videotape of your life in secret's gonna be played for everybody to see. I don't know if that's true, but hidden things will be revealed. Are you afraid? (laughs) At least an honest voice. Come on. But when love is perfected in us, I have no fear. Listen, the world may know all my deep, dark secrets at that point, but you know what I know? God loves me no matter what. I can't unearn the love of God. It doesn't give me free license to go and do whatever I want. I need to live holy. Don't take that the wrong way. We can't just live in sin. But I have no fear that should I slip up and fall, should I slip up and mess up, I have no fear of that day because his love. I don't know if it's been fully perfected in my heart, but it's, it's, i feel like i feel like it's getting close it's definitely working on in there we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is as jesus is so are we in this world this is who we are in the world who we are in the world is who jesus is who is jesus what is he like right now it doesn't say as jesus was on the earth back then it says as jesus is now even when john wrote this it was uh... Uh, first John was maybe one of the last books written some theologians think even maybe after Revelations but when John wrote this it was approximately uh, as many as the most 60 years after Jesus' death Uh, first John was written when John was in his 90s and so um, Jesus at this time is what? he's seated in heaven he's seated in heaven as he is where is he? So are we in this world. He is victorious. He is peace. He is love. He is generosity. He is fill in the blank. What do you need? He is that. And that's who we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Do you have fear in your life? Do you have fear in your life? Is there anything that you're afraid of? Let love come and work a deeper work. Perfect love, the love that comes from God, casts out fear. And so if you have fear, you need more love. You may need to stop watching the news too. It's all fear-based anyways and you're not getting the whole truth there. You're only getting partial truths. Perfect love casts out fear. Not saying we don't take action when we see certain things happen, we do. We respond, we never react. Reaction is, is not good. Responding is proper and we should but we respond in peace, we respond in gentleness, we respond in love, we respond with love being the overwhelming characteristic that people see. Is there fear in your life? Don't raise your hands, then you need more love. Is there fear in your life? You need more love, just, just more love, it's just more love. We love him because he first loved us we love him because he first loved us don't don't take any credit in the fact that you love God I found God yeah you did you were running from him spitting in his face calling him names you tripped and fell you looked up and you're like oh God I found you <laughs> come on let's be honest that's the way it is for all of us I'm not even gonna say 99% it's hundred percent of us <laughs> We were enemies of the cross. We were running from God. We were spitting on him. We were calling him names. We tripped and we fell. We, we fell into the mud. And as we squirmed around and then we, we needed help to get up, God helped us up. And we're like, oh, my gosh, God, I found you. No, he found me. He saved me. We love him because he first loved us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is good news to me. I, I'll just celebrate this all day long. God loved me first. God loved me first. God loved me first. God loved me first. I don't care. I don't need any credit here, guys. I'm, be, I'm beyond the place of having to have any credit for anything. I, I don't care. I don't want it. I don't need it. God loves me. And if that's not enough, you need more of the love of God. You need more of an understanding of the love of God because it's enough. It's enough. He loved me first. Do I love him back? Absolutely. Do I love people around me? Yes, I do. Do I love my enemies? As best I can. And I'm trying to get better. But the glorious part of it all is, is that he loves me. He loves me. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll say it until I go home to be with him. The most important thing that I have to say about me is that God loves me. And when you come to an understanding of the fact that God loves you, nothing can change that. This is my identity. My identity is that God loves me. And it's a beautiful place to find yourself because no one can change who you are. External forces can't change who I am. Whether I'm a pastor or a plumber, it doesn't change the fact that God loves me. It doesn't change who I am. So I don't draw any amount of my identity from what I do. Whether you like me or whether you hate me or whether you fill in the blank me, it doesn't change who I am. I'm loved by God. That's the main part of my identity. If you're here and you struggle with identity, I want to encourage you, just receive more of the love of God. Go back through the scriptures and just, just search for things where it says God loves you. 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 Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. We don't have time for me to read all these scriptures today. I wish we did. Because it's powerful. It's powerful just to read the fact that your loving kindness is better than life. That's powerful. I'm going to invite the the worship team up. We're going to take communion here in a moment. And then we're going to, uh, we're going to pray and impart. John 13. This is while they're seated at the table with the Last Supper. And Jesus um, is revealing his betrayer. So this is where we're jumping into Scripture. And I'm not going to read a lot. But I just want to take a moment before I read the scripture, and I want to set the scene for what's going on here so that you can kind of all understand a little bit. This is the Last Supper. Jesus said of this meal, he said, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal with you. Jesus would have had three Passovers with his disciples in the, in the time that he taught them and the time that he walked on the earth with them. We can kind of see those laid out in the Gospel of John. But when he gets to this this one, when he gets to the one that's the Last Supper, this, this Passover meal, he says, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal with you. And so there was an excitement in his heart. There was an eager anticipation of what he was about to do, about what he was about to impart, about what he was about to set into motion. So as we come to take communion today, I want you to get some eager desire for communion this morning. I know we do this every month, but think of the words of Jesus. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal with you. I want to weep for those who are in the Old Testament who may have done or may have not had bread and wine. I mean, I know that the Jewish people had bread and wine, but I don't think that they had the understanding that we have and we have the understanding, and we don't engage the way that we should. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal with you. And he has this Passover meal, and he shares things with his disciples. And in the Gospel of John, the conversation that happens at this Last Supper, at this moment in time, in this one night, it's, it's six chapters. Of the gospel. The gospel of John is only 22 chapters long. That's more than a quarter of the one gospel that John would write. He, did, he devoted to one night, the night of the Passover. This is not just a cracker and some juice, this is communion. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal with you. You can start playing on piano whenever you're ready. We've already talked about what that does. <laughs> Is it cheating? I don't think so. Uh, lower that keys just a little bit. There you go. Thanks. We'll jump into scripture here. He's washed the disciples' feet. And he had said some things. And it says, when Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit. And he testified and said, most assuredly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And so this is the moment in the Last Supper where Jesus is revealing his betrayer. He's revealing that Judas is the one He's sharing with the 11 that there's one of you guys here, the 12, there's one of you guys here that doesn't really love me. There's one of you guys here that are are in it for your own game. There's one of you here that doesn't really engage the kingdom. And when he shares this, they all look at one another and they're like, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who could it be? And so this is just the heart of Jesus. Understand this, understand this, guys, that the disciples were so unaware because Jesus refused to treat Judas any differently, knowing that he was the one who would betray him. He didn't treat him one lick of difference, knowing that he was the one who would betray him. This is the love of God. Betrayal is very real. And I'm sure that many of us have felt that in the past. Some of us have had to walk through betrayal in different ways. And what I wanna say to you today is that if we don't open ourselves up to the possibility of betrayal, then we'll never have the opportunity for a covenant group of friends because they grow in the same atmosphere. Same atmosphere of your life that would grow a covenant group of friends it's going to open you up to betrayal it's just the nature of the way that it is we can't have one and not have the other we can't Jesus couldn't do it if Jesus couldn't do it I mean we all know that this was spoken of prophesied for years previous and that it had to happen that way But this is what Jesus walked through. If Jesus can't cause this wonderful, beautiful petri dish of friendship and communion and covenant without allowing a betrayer in, then we have no hope. And so we can't run from that idea of covenant friendship to protect ourselves from betrayal. We just need to know that it's, it's the risk that we run. Living is hazardous to your health. Having friends is hazardous to your heart. You put your heart out there, people tend to stomp on it. When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said most assuredly I say to you one of you will betray me then the disciples looked at one another perplexed about whom he spoke who could, what are you talking about who is this they had no idea I can't even believe that that would happen now there was leaning on Jesus bosom or breast one of his disciples whom Jesus loved Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask him who who it was that he spoke of. And then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? I'm shocked at this scripture when I put myself in here. And, um, you know, I've got, I, I would say, we've got, I've got a really close family. And I can't imagine having this conversation with them. I mean, we talk about awesome things. We talk about, uh, you know, how everything's going. We talk about the Lord. We talk about good stuff. But, I mean, just understand the conversation that Jesus is having here. And he says... Hey, somebody's going to betray me. I I don't think that I would have the guts, (laughs) for lack of a better word, to say, who is it, Lord? Tell me more, Lord. I mean, maybe I would. I don't, I mean, I'm just, this is some kind of a, a friendship. This is some kind of a relationship. And we're invited into this realm with others. But honestly, I don't think that many of us have seen it. Who are our friends? Who's willing to sit in the mud with us? Not to come for correction, but to just come and sit with us while we cry. Just to come and love us in the middle of our mess. Just to come and be there. So there's this covenant relationship going on, and this scene that we see Jesus leaning back on Jesus I'm sorry John leaning back on Jesus You have to understand that they didn't sit at a table the way we sit at a table with chairs at a table they sat on the floor with pillows underneath and so they were all reclining around this table the table was was much lower to the ground than what we would know today and so after dinner it's like it's like we're watching the football game we're all on the on the couch and we're we've got snacks and everything and then all of a sudden after as as we kind of finish up our snacks as we kind of finish up as the game continues on we just start leaning over on one another you guys have all done this you get on the couch the next thing you know it's a it's a mob pile everybody leaning on everybody else this is what they were doing there was just this intimacy and this love with the lord So this is where the conversation was born out of. This is where the conversation was shared. And it's in this context of love that Jesus shared all of this. In this place of deep, intimate love and friendship with his friends. So let's take communion right now. That night, Jesus took the bread, he broke it, he gave thanks, and he gave it to his disciple and he said, this bread is my body, which is given for you. Every time you eat this bread, do this in remembrance of me and what I've done for you. And so Jesus, as we take this bread today, we remember your body, which was broken for us. We remember the lashes that you took, the 39 stripes upon your body, which are for the healing of the saints. We thank you for the nail-pierced hands, God, the the spear-pierced side. We thank you that you poured out your love Unto death. It was your love that held you on the cross. God, we thank you that you loved us so much that we can't even imagine. And God, I pray right now that as we take this bread together, that you would help us to understand the love of God that passes knowledge. We take it together. After supper, he took the cup. Passover meal. It's very intricate and it's a very involved meal. There would have been seven glasses of wine that were passed around the table that night. Jesus took the third cup. It's the cup of redemption. The cup of redemption is different than all the other cups of wine that are passed, and that when they fill it, they fill it to overflowing. They fill the cup until not only that it can't take any more. there's more than enough. They actually put a little saucer underneath it because they know that it's going to spill. This is the redemption that was provided for us through Jesus' blood. It's more than enough. It's more than enough. It's more than enough. It's more than enough. More than enough. There's nothing that's not covered by the blood. The blood covers all. Every sin forgiven. Every sin forgiven every sin forgiven if you have a sin that you don't feel forgiven of bring it to Jesus and repent right now in Jesus name Lord we thank you for your blood poured out for us we thank you for your love on the cross we thank you for restoring us to right relationship in Jesus name take it together we're in this place and we've just come through communion, let's just lean back into the loving arms of Jesus. I'm going to have the worship team play and let's just focus on receiving the love of God for the next few minutes. Don't give out. You don't have to work at it. You can pray in tongues if you want, but you don't have to. Just receive the love of God right now. receive the love of God right now. stay in this place this morning this
0: deep and know that he's good. I
4: want to call the elders forward
0: and
4: I'm just going to release the elders to pray impart prophesy you guys can just head right out anybody that jumps out Amy join us Linda if you join us and so I'm going to release the elders we're just going to come through we're going to pray prophesy impart and so, as they prophesy, we're not going to record any of those. So, if you want to have a recording of it, get your phone out, with the little uh, voice recorder, and record it as they go. So, elders, your release, go for it. So, just, uh, just stay in this place of. Respect.